1: the hell do you think you're doing hey john
0: boy i'm telling you straight it's my way or the highway so anybody wants to walk do it now
2: hey everybody we're all gonna get
1: laid
0: and again it's picked up it's darius Later! a pick six for the maniac touchdown I-N-D-Y. yes sir uh, the double time John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
3: Well, it looks like Anthony Richardson... Saw this with various accounts of Colts practice earlier today. Uh, You could look forward to seeing Anthony Richardson under center coming up on Sunday, too. That's the Rams and the Colts, of course. Welcome into the show tomorrow on the road, Friday on the road. So the last in-studio version of this program coming up right here. And uh, we have a bit of a robust show, to say the least. A lot of mixtures going on here. Uh, Because yesterday you got Chad Buchanan. Pacers general manager meeting with the media. Today, you had a big deal, a huge deal regarding Damian Lillard ending up in Milwaukee. I mean, twofold for the Bucs right there, right? I mean, twofold. You get um, one of the best players of the NBA, and then you also, you know, show Giannis that you're going to go out there and get guys to help him to win. So that's great. You'll see how the uh, effect goes across the NBA landscape. But certainly Lillard today, within the last hour, that being reported is a big deal. Now, we'll get back to the Colts for a second, too. Now, coming up at the 4 o'clock hour, and I mentioned this on Jake's show just a moment ago. One of the things that stood out to me on Sunday, just surrounding the win by the Colts, and what was really, it's one of those games that I had talked about where, all right, if you're not going to be that great, at least be occasionally or more than occasionally entertaining. And we know this to be a term in which I really got tired of over the past year, and that was entertaining losses. I hate that term. And you get the best of both worlds because you are incredibly entertained. But then at the end of it, your favorite team, the Colts got to win. I mean, that is the best of both worlds for you right there. And really in the process of a game that wasn't played that great, really on either side. When you look at it, it was one of those games where in recent history, what would have occurred at the end, the Colts would have lost. That's normally what would happen. And in this case, they had a breakthrough. People have asked me all week, too. People have asked me, do you think that that was a breakthrough win for this team? Are they now going to set off and, you know, be, for example, what was it, 2012, the luck rookie season is going to be like that 11 win team. I can't sit here and tell you that it is, but I can also sit here and tell you that there are some relatable variables, I think, right there. Yeah, certainly you look at the rookie quarterback and the rookie quarterback, but we all knew what luck was coming out of college. We're still trying to figure out exactly well, a couple of things here, Uh, what Anthony Richardson is going to be, and then you're still trying to figure out Anthony Richardson sustaining under center throughout a game. So there is still a lot to gather right there. But there are some similarities. And I remember, and this is not one of them, the offensive line was completely patchwork, other than Anthony Constanzo at, at left tackle. I mean, there a lot of patchwork going on with that group. Samson Satele, remember, was the center. But there are some relatables with that team that surprised. And this team, again, two and one. Now, long season to go. The schedule that you see right now before you in the next month has a lot of a winnable games on it. I mean, really, a lot of winnable. But at the same time... You got to be able to sustain from a consistency standpoint. And we'll also see if you're able to sustain that, does the good fortune come along with it? And let's face it, I know nobody wants to hear it, but good fortune, I mean, really, blind ass luck has a great deal to do with so much of this. And what do they say? You create it when you give yourself a chance. And I thought looking back on Sunday that that's what they did more than anything else. They continued to give themselves a chance. It's not like that they were hijacking that opportunity with mistakes on their own. Sure, you can look at the not fielding the punt by Isaiah McKenzie. You can look at it at the moment and stepping out of the back of the end zone by Gardner Minshew. But the way that that worked out, that's part of the good fortune. As it turned out, That was better for the Colts right then. That worked out for the Colts. Worked out better. So that's what happens when you give yourself a chance. And you don't take those chances away. By making mistakes on your own. That good fortune sometimes will tag along with you. And let's face it. It has been few and far between in recent history that they've had that. That's funny. I talked about it if you remember in terms of well before we started the season, everybody's thought was well, you you get a team that probably won't win very much, but at least you put yourselves in position to go after Marvin Harrison Jr. You know, to make a play for, you know, the future wide receiver or whatever. And I'd always mention, well, that also takes a bit of good fortune. You know, good fortune in this case though. You don't want to be middling on this. I mean, you, you want to break through to you we give yourself a chance if that's the type of team that you have right now. But you also don't want to wiggle your way down the ladder, again, in terms of draft selection. But as I've always said, it, even in a rebuild and a reboot, just like this, there is nothing wrong with, during that process, winning some games, giving people around here a reason to care. I give you a reason to want to go down there with the party. But giving you a reason to care, a reason to be interested. Let's face it, you look at the quarterback situation where – when Richardson has played, he has been fun as hell to watch. But the disappointing aspect of it, and you know, a lot of places, could be viewed as a red flag. It's still kind of a subject in motion right now. But you look at Richardson, and there's still that great unknown. Dude hasn't finished a game yet, didn't play in the third, yet you're two and one. Recent history for this Colts team would have absolutely buried them. So that to me, there's some baby steps going on. But they were interesting on Sunday. They were exciting on Sunday. And then they gave you a chance to talk about it deep into the week. And then we make that transition to Sunday and get ready for the Rams. Gives you a reason. Last year it was like week to week. It was slapstick. It was always something else. Well, you know, the owner wants Ellinger. Uh, the owner wants Saturday. Saturday's there to monitor and report back to Jim Merce and tell him whether or not things are going right, giving him reports on the uh, operational procedure within the locker room. All that's, it was like week to week. Now, at this point of the season, last week, We were riding it high because that was after that home win over Kansas City. So we know how that can go. Remember what you felt a year ago right here. I was down in Bloomington at the Buffalo Wild Wings, and everybody was excited. Look what they just did to the Kansas City Chiefs at home. And it didn't take too long thereafter that things really started to circle the drain. So hopefully for this squad, they can keep that up. You know, one of the things besides Anthony Richardson and again expected to be under center will follow this unless there is some significant setback of sorts. That's the expectation. Both he and Ryan Kelly were back at practice today. And again, practicing um, practicing is essential for them to clear the threshold here of concussion protocol. So those were both really good signs a little bit earlier today. We'll get that update coming up later on. Kevin Bowen was out there. Kevin's going to join us coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. You know, I mentioned what Shane Steichen said in the postgame locker room Sunday. Talked about that was a day. That was a win. That was a game of perseverance. And that's exactly what they did. You know what? And then I made the comparison. That's what Matt Gay has done through his career. Matt Gay was a fifth-round selection as a place kicker by Tampa Bay. Had some struggles, got cut 2021, ended up back here on the practice squad. Evidently developed a really good relationship, organizationally speaking, with Chris Ballard ended up getting a chance at the Rams and won a Super Bowl with the Rams. And then when there was an opportunity, the Rams decided not to pay him what he felt they felt he was worth, and the Colts did. And remember, it didn't get off to a great start. That first game in Buffalo in the preseason, that was a 28-yarder I think he missed. Didn't get off to a great start. Even if it was preseason, didn't get off to a great start. But since that point in time, especially on Sunday, it gives you every reason to understand why the Colts felt compelled to bring him in and high point him dollar figure wise among place kickers in the NFL. But he's had to persevere. He's had to survive and some bad moments, some really incredibly good moments and some bad ones too. How a soccer player goes to play football, becomes a place kicker, and ends up at this point in the NFL. He has a very unique story, does Matt Gay. And Matt's going to join us coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. I will bet you will not want to miss it if you're a Colts fan. Uh, The story is very unique. I mean, these guys, moments, they can have moments just like us. Where you question where you're going and what you're doing why is this happening to me i am not built for what i am doing i need to do something else this whole thing is not working they have they have similar questions most of the time most of the time you got to go through some crap i think most of you probably out there understand that how many of you out there have been absolutely clean in going from the early stages of point a in growing up for you and then going into a career to where you are presently unscathed, without any garbage, without dealing with crap, it's just at a different level. His story is really good. Matt Gay is going to join me coming up in the 4 o'clock hour right here. So Colts fans, sit tight for that. Tony East going to join us coming up a little bit later on. I mentioned Chad Buchanan. Chad Buchanan was talking about Buddy Heald yesterday. Makes a lot of sense. Hey, I understand where you're coming from too. I understand where you're coming from as far as you know, Buddy Hield getting into his thirties. You got people behind him; they need playing time. You know the timeline stuff or whatever. You know where I stand as far as I—I I believe him to be a huge asset for this team, and one that will be noticeable if it's ever taken away. Now, they have guys that can prove me wrong. I mean, really, on both sides of the basketball too. And I know that a lot of you will suggest you cannot sit there every day and talk about how their defense has to be better. You cannot sit there and say that and then on the other hand say, well, go ahead and longer term buddy healed because the guy can't play defense. And there's no doubt he can't play defense, but my thought has always been this. What you're taking away from his output offensively, you're not going to make up defensively. So what you're doing is it's almost like it's a minus-minus here. You may improve a little bit defensively overall as a team, but what you're going to take away for an offensive threat for your team, it just doesn't equate to growth to me. And that's what this team needs. I understand the youth, and I understand the dynamic they're trying to put in. And again, we haven't even started the season yet. And I'm going off of old news. I'm going off of last year. It just seems to me you take something like that away. Is there somebody you believe will make that up? I mean, he is an elite shot maker, an elite NBA shot maker. They don't have that. They get a lot of guys and a lot of young guys with a lot of hope, but they don't have that just yet. I don't think Ben Shepard's going to be ready for primetime just yet, right? saying you take that away i think you take that away and that subtracts more than the improvement you're going to be able to make defensively and by the way the improvement defensively is just not according to buddy healed there are a lot of other dudes on that perimeter that have to get better defensively too you need to get past the days where you just automatically funnel your guy to miles in the lane Just a little bit of resistance. Hey, listen, I know. The NBA, these guys are going to get past everybody. Just unique athletes at an incredible elite level. They're going to get past you. But they can't get past you with little to no resistance. And that has been the case. It was the case last year. You especially watched them down the stretch. And it was like, hey, let's go ahead and open the gates. Let everybody in here. Remember that old video with the 500 when they used to open the gates in the morning for the fourth turn and everybody would be rambling in their beaters to get in there, sprinting in and cars, just just the uh, pedal to the metal trying to get to their favorite spot in the infield? That's what it reminded me of out front when the Pacers tried to guard most anybody on the perimeter. And I do mean most anybody. I mean, you do remember defensively, this is not so much, you know, drive and dish, drive and finish type of guy, but Obi Toppin is here. Obi Toppin is here, and a lot of the work that he did offensively for the Knicks late in the season to really inspire you to be interested in his offensive game here and be happy that he is here, a lot of that work was done against the Pacers' defense, if you remember. So it's not just Buddy Healed that needs to get better in that capacity. Talked to Tony East about that and then some. Coming up here at the bottom of the hour, yeah. Also, we'll sprinkle in that uh, Damian Lillard deal. DeAndre Ayton, <laughs> Phoenix finally found a landing spot for him after all that. And listen, you're welcome. You're well. I'm going to tell you, you're welcome. Because they were unable to ever pawn him off here. And you know who was as outspoken as anybody regarding that. Thank you very much. (laughs) I will soak up your appreciation at a later date. I don't think he's altogether a bad player. But it just seems like There, it never did work out, and that makes you wonder if it's ever going to work out for him and his style anyplace else. But at least with that offer sheet, it's not here. How about that? At least? And again, you're welcome. Whenever I can help. Uh, We can hit that. Tony East coming up at the bottom of the hour as well. 239-1070 is the number. The email address is jmv1075thefan.com. I did want to double back. Somebody... Somebody last night was giving me a little bit of crap, and I got to kind of go back to it. I probably have to scroll a little bit for it, too. You know, a lot of Schuler's cheese spread tweets to get through right here, but I I have to double back. It was about my particular opinion on Gardner Minshew. And his value here and not trading for added value. That's something else that I want to get away from one of these days. Like the added value that you get and the draft capital that you have, I'm sick and tired of hearing it. I'll listen again when you're winning. And it's a part of a winning solution. But right now, it has for a long time, every time you mention it, seemed like to me an incredible loser's mentality. And I'm sick of it. Everybody's thinking about... I mean, even before you just understand how good of a fit a guy is here, you're thinking in your mind how you can get some stinking fifth-round selection for him. Who gives a crap? Seriously. Who cares? I think this is Steve last night. Your rationale for keeping Minshew doesn't jive with your it's-about-developing-AR results don't matter. Well, here's what I've said, and you guys have been around here long enough to understand. Five, being Anthony Richardson, hasn't finished a game yet. Mania, being Gardner Minshew, is most valuable here. The return from Mania wouldn't be worth a loss. The development of five is most important, but he does need to play, which he hasn't finished two games, he didn't play in a third. If you can win games, win games. I don't think I ever said wins don't matter. What matters the most is the development of Anthony Richardson, the growth of Anthony Richardson, because I would like to see this team get there with him in a hurry. But you have to be, actually, I don't know what you have to be, not to completely understand the value, the worth of mania on this team right now. And stop with the draft capital down the road garbage. Who cares? Who cares? End up being a fifth rounder that's going to be cut? Out of training camp? One of these days, I want to get to that point to where that's not the first thing you think about when somebody does something nice for your team. (laughs) Because that's where we've been. You're always thinking about that. You're always thinking about draft capital... You know, value on the open market, cap space, all this crap. One of these days, and that comes with success of an organization that you follow. You know, one of these days, hopefully, we're going to be on the other side of that. But I don't know how much more clear you can be and i will add to this equation too those that believe this team is is better off and okay with zach moss who by the way was back at practice today we thought maybe he would get the day off he did not like deforest buckner and quentin nelson did get the day off zach moss was out there at practice there is no way that he can continue doing just with the amount of reps he's getting He grinded that out on Sunday. That was a big deal. He was playing through it, and you could see it. But anybody that believes, and all you think about is what you're going to get for Jonathan Taylor possibly on the other side of this. The hell with that. Think about what Jonathan Taylor, if anything, can be brought together whatsoever, and maybe this ultimately just comes down to the fact that Jonathan Taylor, for his own future values, got to get out there and have people see him play. He is best with this team moving forward, not with when you hope to get a third rounder out of him, if that, and I bet you probably wouldn't. And then you look around at the value and all these other situations, there's really not a lot that makes sense to you right now. Again, the same as Gardner Minshew, his value is here. The same with Jonathan Taylor, his value is here. Hopefully he understands that. Their value is here with this team. All right, 239-1070. Email address at jmv1075thefan.com. Inside, or inside, I should say, the Win Schuler's Spreadable Cheeses Lounge via YouTube Live. I was kind of jacking around with these guys, I think, when I was uh, ending with uh, Jake and Jimmy and Eddie and the gang in here a little bit earlier, so maybe I got myself a head start. I think it was Hoosier guy that said, I look like a Karen. Let me tell you that. I'm assuming Karen is somebody that's always screaming and yelling and crying about something. Yes. Can you let everybody know that that's about as far from me as ever? I'm all about fun, everybody. Let me tell you this. If you're around me and you don't have fun, it's your fault. Seriously, it's your fault. I have had 53 years of that. And understanding that where I go, there better be some fun having. Because if they're not, I'm going to go someplace else. If you're not having fun around me, again, that's on you. <laughs> like tomorrow, Ale Emporium. City bourbon locks, Luna Azul tequila shots coming up tomorrow. Hope to see you all out there. Friday, Rams, Colts tickets, Bud Light Blue Friday. On the back deck at the Mucky Duck. What's the weather like Friday? Is it Good. I have no idea. I'll look it up right now. Only occasionally have we ever had to go inside because of the weather conditions at the Mucky Duck. 65 and Southport Road. Rams-Colts tickets. I'm assuming that's going to be of more value now. More interest to you on Sunday. I'm assuming getting into Bullseye will be as well. Good friend Rick DeMolling, the former Colts offensive lineman, is going to be down there. I know a lot of former Colts players are going to be down at the Bullseye Event Center, too. What's the weather look like Friday? It's looking like it's going to be 81 degrees and mostly sunny. That's what I'm talking about right there. Back deck, mucky duck, Bud Light Blue Friday. All right, quick break. We shall return. Kevin Bowen, 5 o'clock hour. Colts kicker Matt Gay joins us here at 4 this afternoon. And Tony East talks a little NBA on the other side at 239-1070 with you if you're on hold inside the lounge via YouTube Live, the stream, the app, HD Radio if you have it at 93.5 and one zero seven five the fan.
4: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
0: The Ride with JMV. Just an average guy with exceptional hair. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. 3-2.
1: In the air, out towards right center, Suzuki. The call? Oh, no, oh, no, no, oh, no, no. Oh my goodness! And two runs score. Suzuki called off Bellinger, and just a miscommunication, or maybe he lost it in the lights. Yeah. I'm
3: not sure. I'm thinking maybe some lights at the end. The trajectory of that fly ball—that's one we see in a lot of ballparks. Cubs TV, right there. That's too bad. Uh, Cubs a loser last night. The Reds are uh, a winner. However, they still have to make up some ground. Let me tell you, the Reds absolutely screwed themselves over the weekend with the Pirates especially. what that nine-run lead that they gagged up. Woo! You imagine where they might be right now if you didn't have the Pirates series or the Twins series to look back on where you had leads, you had advantages, and you gagged it. Hey, At least they're making it fun, right? I don't know how much fun Cubs fans had with that last night. They find um find the call, if you would, from Brandon Gordon, uh the voice of the Braves. When he made that call from the bullpen. And let me know, James, and you have that. If you missed that last night, Brandon Gordon friend of the show, friend of Indy, obviously, the former Butler announcer. And just had a remarkable take on on a pitching change last night, and one that really, and you know me, somebody mentioned yesterday, hey, you and your toilet humor, exactly. Cranks, toilet humor, all of it. But that is right up my alley. If you missed it, I'll play it for you a little bit later on. Andy Moore, Automotive Group potline joining us, covers the Pacers, SI Pacers, Forbes Sports, WTHR.com, Locked On Pacers. I, I think basically if it has an at in front of it, Tony East, our next guest, is a part of it right here if it involves the Pacers. Uh, Tony is with us. What would you make of Chad Buchanan's words regarding Buddy Heald yesterday, Tony? Let me go ahead and – are you there, Tony? I am here. Am I I on? Yeah, you you are now. Yeah, you are. That was a brilliant intro, by the way, too.
5: (laughs) Yeah, I figured the silence would would speak more than anything I could possibly say, right? (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think it was about what I expected to hear from the Pacers yesterday. You know, it's a tough spot just with the season being so close. It's funny. I would say that, you know, usually closer to camp, teams aren't so inclined to trade. You know, their guys are in town. They're. Ready to go, but there was just a massive NBA trade today. I don't know if we'll get to that or not. Oh, we will, Buddy, no doubt, yes. <laughs> you know, with Buddy, it's interesting because, you know, as an expiring contract, right, I think the sequence of events that has happened is about exactly what has made sense for a while, right? We've probably talked about that three, four times on this show alone. Just it makes sense that if this is the same case with Miles Turner last year. If there's no extension to be had, they have to look to trade their veterans. They're not good enough to be in a position to ride it out. And, you know, who knows what Heald's value actually is on the open market, but it sure sounds like they have to consider all those options, even though they know that bringing him into the season is fine, right? I think that that was the only thing that we didn't know what they would say yesterday is, are they expecting Heald to start with them and be happy in camp? And, you know, he's in Indy already, basically the whole team is, and, so him being ready to go is good for the Pacers. Things can obviously change around the league end with the team. But it seems like he said basically exactly what I expected, which is, you know, we're at a little bit of a, a halt right now, and we'll see where this goes. But for now, it'll be the status quo until something changes.
3: Uh, Tony East talks Pacers via the Andy Moore automotive route hotline. I don't know. Some people have suggested, Tony, I, I have overblown this situation. And I understand what he has behind him. You know, the the younger generational players that also play spots and, and could ultimately have roles like his on this particular team. And I also know my stance in the past that they have to get better defensively, especially on the perimeter, especially out front here. And that doesn't really equate to wanting to keep Buddy healed into his 30s. I just – to me, hesitate to want to part with somebody that I believe is elite level, three-point making. And if you take that aspect away and especially even when he doesn't have the ball, Tony, and you see defenses when they rotate scrambling because they got to tag him and then ultimately leaving somebody else open and screwing up defensively because of his presence out there. You'll lose that. I think that that is more of a loss than what this team ultimately makes up defensively on the perimeter and that would concern me if they feel the need to trade him or if he's not going to be a part of this team in the short-term future.
5: Absolutely. It's one of my favorite genres of defensive clips of teams defending the Pacers because it's not its not that defenders realize they're too far from Buddy Heald and they rush to close out like they panic, right? Like they're tripping over themselves trying to get out to him because of the spacing he provides. If they're too far away, the Pacers have a very good chance of getting a lot of points. Like shooting 42.5% from three is, is just fantastic. And you know, that was kind of one of the arguments I made a lot last summer, right? There was a lot of chatter about – Heald and Turner with the Lakers and all that. I kept saying, you know, I get why the Pacers would do it and no one knew how good Tyrese Halbert would be last summer, but like Heald specifically, that spacing makes it easier for these young guys who are developing, right? If they can basically be playing four-on-four because he's got a defender holding his jersey on the opposite side or someone has to chase him around the court when he's doing his crazy stuff to get open, that helps everybody else, even if he necessarily isn't additive in a lot of other ways. So even if he is on the wrong side of 30, he is still a helpful player to their rebuild and to their development in that way and so it didn't make sense for them to just usher him out in any sort of way and I still feel the same way but now they have the added benefit of knowing that Halburn is really good knowing that they want to be good and knowing that Halburn and Hill fit really well together right like even if you have Halburn out there but take healed out that's a 4 point offensive rating swing for the Pacers like that's still really significant so he does all these things well he makes their best player play at his best he Makes our development easier. Of course, his age, and who knows how, you know, if he'll ever decline. He's got a pretty age free skill set. Like, he should be pretty good for right. a while. But you never know when the decline could be coming, and you never want to be the team stuck holding the bag. And you can't lose guys for nothing in the stage of the Pacers rebuild. But he does provide a lot of pros to their team right now.
3: What do you think the timetable ultimately will be? here do you think at some point this season trade deadline wise he will be dealt or do you think they they reach some sort of common ground here for something for the future what do you think happens
5: honestly it might depend how well they're playing you know that like with Turner last year they were just so playing so well and he was playing an absolutely perfect role for him and every everything changed perfectly for Miles Turner to instead of being traded sign an extension last year and right Rick Carlisle even addressed that around the trade deadline he said you know they didn't do a ton, right? They got Warren and some other guys, but he said, this thing would have been different if, you know, we had an extended miles, right? Because they have to think that way. So to me, it would be, you know, may- maybe if something comes into their lap, right, they're pretty opportunistic. They have jumped in on these big trades before. Maybe if something comes into their lap, of course, they'll hop on it. But I would think that, you know, until a lot of the rest of the league can be traded in mid-December or even when all of the league basically can be traded come, Early January, things would really heat up, especially because then the Pacers would know how good they are. They would know how likely they are to keep healed or how much of a contract gap they truly have. And that's when things could truly heat up. And Turner's extension was not too long after that, January 15th date earlier this year, if you'll remember. So I would say that...
3: Ooh, I remember, Tony. If there's somebody that remembers that, (laughs) it would be me.
1: (laughs) That is exactly right. So
5: is a, a true timeline to be had. I would say that like January is the perfect time for these teams to assess and figure that out, but that assumes that everything has gone well for the Pacers throughout the season too, right? If they're doing awesome or awful, they might have their goals. That
3: would that would certainly change the timing. Uh, Tony East joins us talking to Pacers here with us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Yeah, it's funny. I, I guess there's some sort of an irony here. I brought this up in the first segment that, you know, everybody around here is excited about Obi Toppin and his offensive skill set. And a lot of that came late in the season against the Pacers. <laughs> that excitement was built <laughs> on that Pacer defense late this past season.
5: That's right. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be fascinating to see what he can bring and how that enhances the team. And, uh, it, you know, his stats playing starter minutes, like, are so strange to me just because it's, it's it all, like they're so good or, like, so infatuating to see that it's almost like how could the Knicks not find him more minutes? And I know the answer, right? Julius Randle's great. They made the second round last year. Like, they made a lot of smart decisions. But there's a lot of stuff that you think, huh, if, if he has – a bigger role that could be something that helps the Pacers, but at the same time, they did just draft Jaroslaw Walker. They do have hopes to improve defensively, it will be not known for that end of the floor. But you know, there's a chance that you know, as the Pacers fans saw, it close, I think, what was it, 62 points, I think, in those two games against the Pacers late in the season. I'm trying to pull it up as I talk that like he could just be an element that they've just never had. And, yeah, yeah at, at athleticism could, yeah, uh, 36. I sold him short, 36 points in those two games against the Pacers late in the year last year. like It's it's ridiculous to think about how much he could pop, especially playing with Halliburton, right? They have very complementary skill sets. Last year as a starter, he only played in five games. He scored 109 points in those five games, shot 58% and 44% from deep. We'll see if that can maintain that through the Pacers. You have to think that consistent opportunity, and if you're topping you have to think that knowing what your role is going to be every game could go a long way for both
3: parties. Uh, Tony East covers the Pacers. Again, SI Pacers, Forbes Sports, WTHR.com, Locked on Pacers with us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. What do you think this Pacer team of the offseason made uh, the most strides? And what do you think is still, uh, certainly if not significant, still a glaring and noticeable hole in their game as we get ready to start the season?
5: I still think they might struggle with one of the defensive things that they've struggled at for five years, maybe. And that's these bigger wings. Right. And that, you know, they definitely added defensive talent, Jairus Walker, who knows how good he'll be. He's a rookie. Rookies can sometimes struggle with the speed of the game. Although summer league certainly suggests he could hold up fine, but you know, he he could be that guy someday, but he's a rookie. And Bruce Brown is a strong defender. He can defend the point of attack pretty well, but he's also six, four, right? So, I'll be curious um, how they can do against the same kind of bulky wing types that maybe not even, not even the Stars, right? Those guys destroy everybody. I'm not talking about the LeBron, Kawhi level guys. I'm talking about like Harrison Barnes will have a 30-point game against the Pacers basically every year. It feels like O. G. Ananobi has good offensive games against the Pacers every year. Gordon Hayward you know, exceeds his averages against the Pacers every year. These are good players to be to be certain, but they're guys that are always – playing above their expectation because they're either being guarded by somebody smarter than them or being guarded by a poor defender. And so that's kind of something that, like, they added fours. Toppin and Walker are both good fits and guys worth investing in and seeing what they can be. But who knows if they can be the guy that actually helps them in that way. I think they'll still have to do some work there because they added a lot to their positives this summer, right? They, they did get better at, at point of attack defense. They're going to be awesome in transition. They're still going to shoot well. right? All these stuff that's going to be fun to watch and make them a good team. But I still think they're going to struggle with that. Um, and if they lose Buddy, they didn't add a ton of shooting this summer. And I'll be curious what that looks like for them this year because Halburton by himself is a walking efficient machine and he can make three small over the floor. But if they lose Buddy, they might have lost some shooting and still be struggling with those big wings on defense. And I'll be curious how that'll all kind of work together for them.
3: And by the way, Tony, in closing here, this is the stuff I love. You mentioned the Damian Lillard deal to Milwaukee within the past hour plus or so here. And I think it was Rob Perez's account had had tweeted out, had X'd out, if you will, a video before the All-Star team selection with Giannis as the team captain selecting Damian Lillard. And, and you know, that it, it's interesting because that – I'm not suggesting that played a role in this whatsoever, but those are the subtle things that these stars can offer to help bring guys that maybe you wouldn't think would end up in their city or their market to them to join their team. So it's just kind of funny to see that, but that that change is certainly the dynamic, does it? Not in the East with Lillard joining you know, Giannis and Milwaukee going into this year? 100%, yeah. I mean,
5: Milwaukee was maybe not – a ton internally, but at least in sort of generally, it was kind of being viewed as a team influx, right? After some of the stuff Giannis has come out and said this summer, everybody was wondering what their season would look like and how they'd respond to his comments. Well, how about that for a response? I mean, going out and getting Damon Lillard is as strong of a response as you can have. And yeah, they've talked about like subtle hints of how they would pair together for years. But I think most of their connection or just their affinity for each other, and Giannis, was just that they were kind of the two loyal stars of the NBA, right? Both sticking with their smaller market team, thick and thin. And in Giannis's case, that led to a championship, not so much in Dave's case, but now they're actually paired together. And it was interesting because a few weeks ago, it was kind of like, you know, okay, should teams be preparing for Giannis to exit the Bucs? Like, should they, are, the, are they going to have to think that way if, if he isn't going to sign an extension next year because they aren't going on on a title? And now it's like, wow, beating this Bucks team is going to be super tough. And the Pacers specifically have to play them four times a year. And, you know, the East might run through Milwaukee now if they have Dame and Giannis and Middleton still. They took a hit without Drew. He's a great player. I think all 29 other teams in the league should be calling Portland about Drew Holiday, but man, is Milwaukee going to be good now.
3: Yeah, no doubt about that. What are you writing about, Tony?
5: Uh, more stuff, Chad Buchanan said yesterday. Mainly, I think the one that will interest some, some listeners here is Benedict Matherin being the starter going into camp. We'll see where that comes out of camp, but that's currently. Uh, the internal leader in the clubhouse for that off-ball guard spot with heel being presumably with the second unit in that case, and a couple other things about stuff to watch for in Pacers Camp, which begins in five days. Crazy to think about.
3: Five days, and it's really good to see DeAndre Ayton ended up someplace else other than here. Outstanding.
5: <laughs> you and I are on the same wavelength with that forever, so we, uh, <laughs> we can finally stop talking about that one. <laughs> that is good right there. Hey, Tony,
3: man, it's good to have you back, and I'm sure we'll do it over the course, certainly uh, before the season starts and once it's officially underway. I appreciate you. You got it. Thank you for the time, as always. Tony East right there covers the Pacers. Locked on Pacers, WTHR, Forbes Sports. And as Larry Bird once famously said, it regarding the Pacers. Yeah. So now you have uh, Lillard with the Bucs. This is the essential right here. And Nurkic ends up with the Suns, and Aiden ends up with the Blazers. Those are the essentials of that particular mammoth package today, NBA trade-wise. Quick break and we shall return. Kevin Bowen, 5 o'clock hour. Bullseye Event Center passes for you on Sunday coming up too. Your reminder on how you can win with this show, Morgan Wallen tickets. April, Lucas Oil Stadium. Morgan Wallen tickets. you get got to sign up to get the opportunity to buy these tickets. I'm going to give you a chance to win them. That info is coming up as well. Matt Gay, AFC, Special Teams, Player of the Week. The Colts kicker joins us at the top of the hour. 93.5107. Five the fan.
4: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, The Ride
0: with JMV. Smokey, this is not NOM. This is bowling. There are rules. Hey. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
1: So the Braves will go from Johnson to Hand, and the batter will be Boney. That's probably a good thing Jeff Francoeur is in the other booth.
3: No, oh, that's Brandon Gordon right there. Crank it up. <laughs> I don't know about anybody else. I got a tremendous laugh out of that. That's the type of humor that I need right there. That's what you need during a baseball game. Long season of baseball, end of September, that's what you need. Friend of the show, Brandon Garden of the Braves Radio Network with the reference call of the year in Major League Baseball. One more time before the break. Can you hit that again?
1: So the Braves will go from Johnson to hand, and the batter will be Boney. That's probably a good thing Jeff Francoeur is in the other booth.
3: Jeff Francoeur could hang out with me. I like it shout out to Brandon Gordon with that I right, Bullseye Event Center bullseyeeventgroup.com the Colts VIP tailgate presented by Hayes and Sons Restoration all you can eat all you can drink coming up on Sunday number 9 at 239 1070 right now is going to go passes to go to the Bullseye Event Center number 9 at 239 1070 inside the lounge via YouTube live the stream the app HD radio you got a couple of full participants in practice you've wondered about today Ryan Kelly and Anthony Richardson so Things are looking good, just as they did on Sunday with a win over the Ravens and the AFC Special Teams Player of the Week, Matt Gay of the Colts. Matt joins us next.
4: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you.
5: In need of top-quality ready-mix concrete and aggregate products? For over 70 years, Shelby Materials has been making an impact on construction in central Indiana. Whether it's houses, warehouses, driveways, or highways, Shelby Materials strives to deliver the industry-leading customer service and solutions that our clients have come to expect. Just ask the Colts. We've been a proud construction partner of the Colts for over 20 years. Learn more about how you can have the Shelby impact on your next construction project at shelbymaterials.com.
3: Hey, welcome back. Hour two, Matt Gay of the Colts is going to join us in just a second. Kevin Bowen at the 5 o'clock hour as well on the road tomorrow. Ale Emporium in Castleton, that is a Larcity Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul tequila shots week number four. Me, betting analyst Brent Halverson, and, and uh, hopefully a lot of you out there too. We're going to do things Herman Aki style coming up tomorrow afternoon the party's going to be on and then mucky duck bud light blue friday on friday rams colts tickets to give away outside on the deck which is awesome that is uh southport and 65 on the south side bud light blue friday at the mucky duck that is the todd johnson establishment down there shout out to todd can't wait to see everybody down there my friends from zinc and you all to win some tickets to the game on Sunday. By the way, to Anthony Richardson, Ryan Kelly back as full participants in practice. So things are looking good for both to return coming up on Sunday. We'll dive into a little bit more of that with Kevin coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. You know, I mentioned with Tony East a moment ago that blockbuster deal that took place, Damian Lillard going to the Bucks. These are the essential pieces here. Lillard to the Bucks, uh, DeAndre Ayton from the Suns to the Blazers, and, you know, the Blazers getting – I should say the the Suns getting uh, Nurkic, I believe, from the Blazers in that, uh, and then some other pieces too. Anyway, within the last um, – Hour so, uh, Jimmy Butler has a video saying, Yo, NBA, you all need to look into the Bucks for tampering. I'm just going to put that out there. You all didn't hear it from me. And then Tyler Hero, his teammate who had been mentioned in a variety of these Damian Lillard conversations and the rumors countered with what he said. Because if you remember right, it was Miami that everybody felt was going to be the front runner to land Damian Lillard. And now he ends up in Milwaukee. And you got that going on on the side, which to me is always really good. Just kind of adds to it a little bit. really does. Uh, Morgan Wallen tickets. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go ahead and log on to 1075thefan.com when you get a minute, right? When you get a minute. And Morgan Wallen is coming, actually kicking off his tour coming up in April, April the 4th at Lucas Oil Stadium. And you can listen here all this week for your chance to win tickets to see Morgan Wallen, special guests Bailey Zimmerman, Nate Smith, and Lauren Watkins. Again, April the 4th, 2024 at Lucas Oil Stadium. And what I want you to do, I want you to log on to 107.5thefan.com and Go to the fan page there and sign up. There is no public sale for these. Everything is advanced registration. Very much like what you got with Taylor Swift. So no public sale. Everything is advanced registration. But we're going to give you a chance right here. That's what we do. Give you a chance to win tickets on your own and not have to worry about it right here. Uh, log on 1075thefan.com and continue to listen to the show today, tomorrow, rest of the week for your chance to win those tickets. More bullseye tickets to give away, as well as I mentioned, Kevin Bowen in the 5 o'clock hour. Meantime, via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, he was AFC Special Teams Player of the Week. Four over 50, five field goals made in all, with the Colts' victory over the Ravens. Matt Gay joins us again on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Matt, thank you for the time. How are you? Good, man. How are you doing? I want to hear a little bit of story and a little bit of background. You had mentioned after the game, after that win, that for that final kick, you black out, and your sole focus is kicking the football. Nothing else gets in your mind, gets in your focus. Do you do that for every kick, or was that for that particular game-winning opportunity there?
6: Uh, I try to to make it for every kick. Um, There's definitely been kicks where – there's more going on, or I remember more, or, um, you know, certain things are there, but when I've been in those zones or certain things, it's it's kind of hard to explain, but I, I say blackout because, like, I literally, the snap goes, and I couldn't, I can't remember the ball hitting my foot, or what happened, or the snap, you know, I just kind of, I don't remember what really happened, and then I'm in my finish, or I'm looking up at the where the ball's going, and um, generally, in those zones or that area is when you know things are going generally pretty
3: well it's uh, Matt Gaya, the Colts with us via the Andy Moore Automotive group hotline. I mean, it was amazing watching all five of those go in, but certainly the final four, which uh was from fifty plus in in that win. Is that a part of your routine? Do you have a specific routine each and every time that you're out there, or it can it vary because i I know this I know you're probably routine uh by choice compared to where you are right now with the success you've had, but is there a specific routine that you have?
6: Yeah, I mean, game days are, you know, I try to keep it as similar as I can and do the same thing every single time um, from when I get to the stadium and um, go through that whole routine. As far as my kicking routine, I move my move back. Sometimes it'll vary a a kick or two depending on how I feel or the way the warm-up's going. Um, but pretty much I mean it's, it's pretty similar I try to keep the same routine for every game stretching you know routine when I get to the stadium going out on the field um try to keep it uh, pretty similar and pretty same routine how
3: much of of that success and especially what we saw on sunday how much of that is just operational because so much has to go right in those moments in which you make kicks like that especially when it's seemingly to us and my eyeball so perfectly going straight through the uprights how much of that is also just a part of a fine-tuned operation that you have on the field
6: mean, yeah, that's everything I mean having a a good snap and hold is key being able to have a good snap so from Luke that Rigo can catch laces and put it down quick so I can see the ball having the right lean on the ball the right lean for certain conditions certain wind the lean will change and so communicating that and having Rigo be able to get the hold down you know just how it's supposed to be and all those other guys, those big guys up front blocking for me, I mean, you have one leak in protection and you get that kick block, so to have all those guys, you know, take a beating up front and be able to block for me is is huge, and then having that fine-tune operation with Luke and Rego being able to be seamless and have them snap laces and get the ball down and uh, with the right lean and everything, especially on those longer kicks, that's it's it's important because there's more room for it to drift or variation, and so that's I mean, more than anything, that's that's a huge part of the reason why that happens and why those go in is because of those guys.
3: Hey Matt, do you approach a kick differently when it's of that distance, when it's fifty plus, as you made four times on Sunday?
6: Uh, I try. I try not to. I try to keep it the same routine. I think when you get back in those farther kicks and you look at like, oh, okay, I gotta yeah. put a little extra into this, and or I gotta change this. That's when stuff tends to go wrong or again like that's when I'm, I'm thinking about things too much or i shouldn't even be having those thoughts so i try to be when i'm in that zone or when i'm smooth is generally when i hit the best ball it's like it's like a golf swing when, when you try and crush it sometimes things go wrong if you're smooth and you make good contact on the ball is when the ball flies and so when i'm smooth and i'm in those modes um the ball generally flies better than, than it does if I'm trying to really crush it.
3: Uh, we, we certainly love basketball around here. Matt Gay the Colts joins us, by the way, on the Andy Moore Audubonant Proof Hotline. And we know this, jump shooters get in a, a zone. Is that similar to your zone? And I, I guess, how do you know that you're in it, especially at the early stages of a day like you had Sunday, Matt?
6: yeah i think you just get the confidence i was able to hit the the shorter one earlier in the game and it it felt really good um came off the foot nice and then it's just something kind of the sideline where you know fans are yelling at you and (laughs) you're turning around and i'm i'm you know having a laugh with them on the sideline and they're trying to get you to miss and they're yelling shank as you're kicking into the net and all that stuff and it's it's i'm more of a relaxed mode and Again, you don't really remember much. It's, it's like they call a field goal, you jog on, you kick it, and you jog off. And there's not much thought to it. And so, that's it, really, it's the less thinking for me, the better. And so, when I'm in those modes and I can enjoy the game and I can kind of be uh, calm or at peace um, when I'm just, you know, letting my subconscious and my body do what it knows how to do, yeah. And just running on, kicking, running off—that's kind of when I'm in that the that, best, the best part.
3: That, that's routine too, and I love it because you just said you don't want your head to get into the way, brother. That's yep. all of us, right there. That's every one of us, don't no matter your, what don't we're get doing. In your own way. <laughs> don't let your head get in the way. Matt Gay joins us of the Colts, and obviously the four fifty-plus yarders and the five overall, and the Colts win on Sunday. And a lot was made, Matt, going into that game of the weather conditions, the tropical storm that was coming in, what were yeah. the conditions like? It, it didn't look like it was that bad out there, but hell, I couldn't tell. What was it like?
6: No, I mean, especially all things considered what we had heard going into the game, tropical storm, windy, downpour, um, the conditions were – I mean, I'd take those conditions with with under the circumstances any day. Um, we got a little – A little wet in the first half, and it came back the second half. It was raining. It was coming down the warm-ups and stuff. The balls were slick, and the field was a little soft. But for the most part, I mean, the wind kind of calmed down, and um, it wasn't too too wet where the balls got wet or or the field was too soggy or anything like that. So it was uh, all things considered going into it with a tropical storm warning. It was uh, pretty good.
3: Did you watch Justin Tucker's potential game-winning kick? I did, yeah. Did you think it was through?
6: I thought it was. I mean, you, even when you look back on it, it hit a great ball. I mean, that ball is right down the middle, good rotation. Um, again, sometimes, sometimes some of those conditions and those things that can affect um, certain things. I mean, it's uh, certainly not a leg strength issue for him. And so uh, it just, you know, was. A, I thought it was a great kick. I thought he had it. And sometimes it just that
3: way maybe it was a little gust from the gods there at the very end of it maybe that mad, never, that down just a little bit it's a mad gay with us your head coach Shane Steichen said after the game and this was regarding the team that was a game that was a win built on resiliency and I, I've looked at your career obviously you had a stop here on the practice squad prior to now and then started your career as a fifth rounder in Tampa is that kind of how your career has been built on resiliency as well
6: I think so too, I think for anybody that, you know, has done anything that they're proud of or done anything in their life where, you know, it, it never goes seamless or it never goes easy. There's always something that gets in the way and it's hard and it's you gotta be kinda of relentless as, as Shane says and um resilient. Generally when things are pushing against you is when you're close or when things are going right and so you just gotta keep going. And so I think some of those times, especially looking back now it's hard to understand in the moment but when you look back at getting cut from tampa and my time on practice squad here um was probably some of the the best things that could have ever happened for me um going through those hardships and being able to keep going and you know learn a lot about yourself and who you are and why you're doing what you're doing to just keep going and, and keep staying with it and trust the process trust god and uh i think most people in their life when they've had those those wins and some of the successes would say that the same thing is just sticking. I mean, just not giving up and keep going and, like you said, kind of just being resilient in some of those tough times.
3: Well, I'm just assuming this. I'm assuming that's, that's why you're the kicker that you are right now. How difficult was the early stages of your career, Matt, to go through?
6: I mean, it was really tough. I mean, if things go well at Utah. I mean, I, I was the soccer player and I transfer over to go to Utah and start kicking and things go really well. And then the next year things go really well and then I get drafted. And so first year in the NFL was my third year kicking and it had been two really good years with not a lot of, not tons of adversity. You miss some kicks and things go wrong and you got to figure that out. But just figuring out that first year in the NFL, that rookie year and kind of going through some of the things I did I missed a game winner early in my career in Tampa um had a couple rough games and so you go through the ups and downs and then you get cut and some of that stuff is it's tough it takes a toll on you you wonder why you're doing what you're doing is this the right choice was this um the right path but then like I said being able to have you know family my wife who was able to be so supportive and my family to get me through those times and then Again, I think you just look back. It's hard to understand in the moment, but when you look back, you really do see, you know, God's hand in every step of the way. And sometimes those things that you don't think are that are really hard, or you know, you wanted something but you didn't get it. God always has something better for you. And so, just trusting that plan, trusting His will against my own, and being able to lean on those close to me and my family. I think those are, you know, kind of what got me through some of those tough
3: times. Matt Gay joins us. How much more gratifying has it been with your your Super Bowl success with the Rams? You know, obviously the Colts reaching out and prioritizing you in the offseason to bring you here, and then most recently on Sunday with that game-winning kick and four from 50. From what you went through early in your career, how much more gratifying has it made it knowing where you are right now, Matt?
6: Uh, I mean, it's a hundredfold I think if you just look at if something's easy and given to you it's you don't appreciate as much as something you know you kind of worked hard for or had to struggle for and um, I think just looking back like I said none of that stuff happens if I don't kind of go through the hardships like none of the stuff in LA winning the Super Bowl doesn't happen if I stay in Tampa and who knows what happens with what contract I get and where I am so I think all the stuff that I went through has led me to be blessed enough to have the success I had in LA, be blessed enough to get the contract I got here to be able to provide, take care of my family and some of those things. Um, those hardships are the, the times that you look back on and, you know, you're proud that you came through those and fought through them. And those are stuff you look back for, you know, the rest of your life with you and your your spouse, you and your family to be like, Hey, we came through that tough time and we, we didn't fold and, You know, we trusted ourselves. We trusted God. And, you know, he he got us through it. And just be proud of those moments.
3: Matt Gay joins us. How good of a soccer player were you? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was a... No, it's okay. We're all honest here. I mean, tout yourself if you need to tout yourself.
6: So without, I mean, I don't want to, yeah. Without, I was pretty good. I spent some time with the U-17 national team. So I played for USA for a little bit, for a little bit, um, was able to, you know, play division one, have some success there, um, have a couple, you know, tryouts and go practice with Real Salt Lake a couple times and, uh, um, had a lot of success at the club level and with the ODP level, again, being able to spend some time with the U-17 national team. So, uh, I was I was pretty good, I would say. Uh, I love it. Soccer's my first love, and I still love it. And so that was some time that I, I always look back on, and I still miss it and still love it and still you know follow the game closely.
3: I, I'm assuming, Matt, that you probably had that, that moment, that signature moment where you said, hey, you know what? I could do this place-kicking for a living in the NFL. Was there a signature moment in soccer where you said, you know, maybe this is kind of the the end of the line for soccer here? Did you have a signature moment there, too?
6: For sure. Um, I was in college. I was playing. I played my freshman year. I went on a, an LDS mission and then on upon return from my mission I was not in soccer shape let's say. It. I was a little bit bigger and you know I gained some weight and was struggling that season that I came back and things were not going the way they would always gone for me, me in my soccer career. And I someone mentioned to me, like, hey, have you ever thought about kicking? I, I know a couple people, someone at Utah, if you want to. And that thought really stirred with me, and things weren't going right in soccer. And so that's kind of the moment where, like, okay, I might, you know, be done here and had a conversation with my soccer coach and made the decision to to hang it up and, you know, go and pursue kicking at Utah, and, or kicking anywhere, really, at the time, and then was able to get a walk-on spot at Utah. And uh, that's kind of the decision that was made in the process.
3: Uh, Matt Gay joins us of uh, the Colts. Colts, by the way, get the Rams, his former team, coming up on Sunday at one o'clock at Lucas Oil Stadium. Were you surprised at all that a team where you'd been a part of it on the practice squad back in 2021, that team being the Colts, came at you as hard and prioritized you to the level Matt in which they did in the off season.
6: Um. A little bit. You never really know what's out there or, you know, what what teams, what situation they're in with money and things that are going on. And so I do know that I really enjoyed my time here Um, when I was here on practice squad. I got along with the guys well. Chris Ballard was great to me, Um, the conversations that we had. um, It just didn't work out at the time. And they had a kicker that was doing well for them that that year. And so um, I do know that once the Rams decided not to sign me and free agency kind of hit that this was maybe a destination because of my time spent here. And so those conversations were had between me and my agent early on. And then when things kind of heated up and we were able to talk to people here, things started to kind of heat up a little bit more. And so that was kind of one of the couple destinations that we we had pointed at um, as me coming back here.
3: What's going to be your feeling on Sunday with you know, the team? Obviously, it's an old team of yours. Yeah. But you had Super Bowl winning success there. What's going to be your feeling at Lucas Oil Stadium Sunday, Matt?
6: I mean, I think there's I nothing but good times um, for me in L.A. I mean, had the success. I share a lot of memories with a lot of those guys on the team. And so I'm looking forward to, you know, seeing them, catching up with them. There's no hard feelings. I think um, – Getting out there early, be able to say hello to the people and say hello to the guys and you know talk to them and reconnect. Um, but again, um, I'm a Colt and we're gonna go out there and win that game. And so I want to do what I can to to help this team win. And so once the hellos are said and the reconnections out, I'm gonna get back to my warm up and get going. And so. Um, but nothing but respect and love for those guys and my time in LA. What
3: do you think about this team that uh, you're a part of right now? Two and one of the season so far. Not a lot of people suggested that they were, they were going to be, you know, a higher quality AFC South potential division-winning type of team. But through three weeks so far, what have you seen around you with this team, Matt?
6: I think you've seen a lot of like I kind of like Shane said, like just a lot of resiliency. Uh, we got a lot of tough football players. Um, I think everyone's kinda of bought into what we're doing here and, you know, a lot of you know, playing off of each other, defense getting stops and offense trying to picking up picking up where others aren't at the D struggling we get an offensive touchdown and so I think being able to be a complete football team and being able to have everyone kind of buy in and get behind um Anthony Richardson and support him and his role and um I think we're just a tough football team that, you know, is buying into a new culture and character that, you know, Shane Steichen is has brought and put in.
3: All right. In closing here, I lied, too. I said I was going to make this quick, and I didn't. My you're bad. Good, <laughs> Matt Gay joins us. What do you think uh, you can make? Like, what's the longest distance? And not just feeling comfortable in, but where do you think that you have a legitimate opportunity the furthest away on the field, kicking-wise?
6: Um, I don't know. I'm not going to – Speculate too much on that. I do know that I had a kick on last year, um, and they do like the track man on like one of the Sunday night football games where you make it from 50, and then it says would have been good from right this far. I had like a 57 yarder in that game, and the track and thinks that it would have been good from 68. So I think when I am in a good mode and I'm in the rhythm and I make good contact with the ball, I think. And that's you know in good conditions. Obviously, I think you know you're inside and in a dome or something like that. Where, um, but that was that felt like a really good swing and connected well on it. And so that said, it would that said it would have been. good. I don't know how accurate those things are. Um, that's just what it said. It would have been good from sixty-eight. So. Did, I'll, go with, I'll go with that.
3: Did, did you guys come up with a distance where, all right, our, our offense has to get us to this point on the field to give you an opportunity on Sunday? Or was that just a given when they ran you out there?
6: Um, I think every game you get out there and you kind of – you warm up, you test yeah. the conditions. I'm inside. Hey, we got wind going this way. And so you kind of got to let them know so they know the scheme offensively. Yeah. Um, So you let them know, hey, going this way, I'm good from the 35, and going this way, I'm good from the 40, and then, hey, if we really need one, you know, desperation, something like that, you can add a couple extra yards on top of that um, if it's a must-have, must-make type situation. so that that's like a game to game thing, depending on where you're playing and the conditions, windy things like that. You kind of go through that pre-game and figure out what lot, yard line you're going to be good from uh, each direction per game.
3: Kind of selfishly here, uh, the one thing you can't do on Sunday now because you've been on the show with me is miss anything whatsoever. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> don't, I don't want to be yeah. one of the reasons as to why that happens. But I'll be honest with you, I felt compelled to reach out to you because of what Shane said in the locker room afterwards. About perseverance, that was a perseverance win, yeah. And then in in knowing your career and where you are right now, and that describes you to a T. I I just think the dynamic here over the weekend was really cool, Matt. I really think it was. I'm really happy for you. That that was, Uh, and again, I know you're a Super Bowl champion, but man, that was a really cool moment. I thought on Sunday,
6: that was really special, man. It was was a cool game, a cool team win to be a part of, and uh, it was a a moment I'll you know, I'll never forget, hold on to that forever. So we got uh good thing going on here. That's
3: All sweet. right. Uh, stay blacked out, okay? Stay Appreciate focused. It. And uh, we'll have you on again soon, Matt. Thank you. All
6: right. Thank you so much. Appreciate
3: it. It's uh, Matt Gay right there, the Colts with us, the place kicker on the Andy Moore Automotive and Group Hotline. I told you he had a great story. He has a great story. And I... When I heard Shane Steichen say that in the locker room post game, I thought, I reached out to Matt Conti over there and I said, I want to get this guy on because this guy has had a career just like that. Uh, he started with considerable downs, drafted in the fifth round, feel good as a place kicker. He got cut. He was here in 2021 on the practice squad, won a Super Bowl with the Rams, and then became the highest paid kicker in the NFL with the contract that was offered and then signed to him in the offseason by Chris Ballard. It is an amazing road traveled. Great story from Matt Gay right there. If you missed any of it, the podcast 107.5thefan.com. Quick break. We'll come back. Bullseyeeventgroup.com. Colts VIP tailgate passes I have for you. And, again, the info on your chance to win Morgan Wallen tickets coming up in April. He's going to kick off his tour at Lucas Oil Stadium. Your chance to win those tickets coming up as well. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.
0: the ride with jmv it's called sex panther by odeon it's illegal in nine countries it's quite pungent it stings the nostrils 93.5 and 107.5 the fan high in the air deep oh. right the first multi-home run game for ellie de la cruz An impressive two-run shot to deep Bright, and it's 11-7 Reds. Uh, Reds
3: television network right there, L.A. De La Cruz. A couple of home runs in that game in Cleveland last night. The Reds believe that was come from behind fashion last night with a win. As of right now, a game and a half back of that final playoff spot. Wild card wise in the NL and it, it, you know, where I've been basically through midsummer is that you all kind of see, you know, the, the fade, the foldo coming. Now it's unfair to describe that as a foldo because they're still firmly in it, but they would have been in such a, a much better situation had they not completely screwed up. The series versus the Pirates. And even going back to the one against the Twins. They had leads. I mean, think about that Pirates game. A nine-run lead. At home. And you blow that. Now, as quickly as I would love to stop watching Stuart Fairchild and Kyle, or uh, who am I thinking of here, Buck Farmer and uh, Lucas Sims. I still would love to see them punch a ticket to the postseason do I think they're going to no but I'll give them credit because it has been an entertaining season and for Reds fans as you well know those have been few and far between so for that I really have enjoyed it you just wish that a game here or there they could have handled a little bit better especially against teams where you should handle it a little bit better Yeah, I did. Uh, BT, I did uh, play already uh, the sound of Suzuki's gag last night. (laughs) Of course. We jumped right in on that. Uh, Game and a half back. Oh, the Reds right now. And the uh, Cubs still remain in play. Uh, Marlins, of course, a half game back. And uh, you got the Phillies and uh, the Diamondbacks looking really strong right now. We'll see if they can maintain that. At least the Phillies do. Diamondbacks still got something significant to play for right there. That is your NL Wild Card look. But the Reds have given Reds fans something that they haven't in a long time, and it's a reason to consistently, over the course of this baseball season, especially since June, to tune in. It's been maddening sometimes, especially as of late. But to tune in. So Josh writes me this. And by the way, if you missed any of Matt Gay's conversation, uh, the podcast is at 107.5thefan.com. I thought he was really good. Uh, Regarding last weekend, the five overall field goal makes, four of which over 50 yards. The capper from 53 is the game winner in overtime. And that being a record, you know, thinking that Justin Tucker's... I think we all did, right? Sitting at home, did you think that Justin Tucker had knocked that thing stiff and won the game? He did as well. Uh, his preparation, not just for that preparation in-game, and really just his story of being resilient. And That's something that Shane Steichen brought up in the post-game locker room in Baltimore on Sunday And I felt it necessary to get Matt on to talk about his story because that adequately describes his career to where he is right now. And especially his career from Tampa to the Colts practice squad in 2021. He was a fifth-round selection by the Buccaneers and got cut. I mean, it really is Blankenship-esque right there in Tampa. Got cut. Practice squad here in 2021, ended up at the Rams, was a, a part of a Super Bowl championship team, and uh, now gets that huge offseason contract here. If you missed it, 1075 fancom Matt Gay, the Colts place kicker, and oh, by the way, the AFC Special Teams Player of the Week. Signs are looking good for both Ryan Kelly and Anthony Richardson to play. Coming up on Sunday, both were full participants in practice earlier today. So as long as you would think, as long as there's no setbacks of any kind here, that you should be good to go. And I know what you're thinking already. You guys, I've already beat you to it. You're giving me the what ifs. And we did play the what ifs game last week. I think we always do. You know, what if, you know, Richardson has a game that's not worthy of writing home about. What may be the conversation? I mean, let's face it. When you spark some interest, when you have some success, and that success a lot of the time comes you know, outside of Anthony Richardson and his participation, you're going to have this. So this is something that you anticipated anyway, but worthy of watching. Hey, listen, he's not going to go anywhere. He's not going to be benched or anything like that. But that is going to be a gauge, a dynamic of that game coming up on Sunday, certainly against the Rams. Uh, Josh wrote this. Actually, somebody else had sent me this as well. I think it was Dan Graziano. Dan Graziano of ESPN had a report that Jonathan Taylor still doesn't want to play for the Colts. Jonathan Taylor still wants to be traded. Now, I answered the question like this. Because Josh asked me, all right, so what do you do here? What's your stance on Taylor if this is true? Here's my stance until I hear otherwise. I don't know what this dude's going to be able to do. Get fined? Lose money? I mean, I know it is about making more money. Certainly his value of how he has played is much more than what he is getting paid right now, but I would suggest that you don't want to lose what you're getting paid right now. And without a trade, or without something unbeknownst to us, a way that you can work this, and I say work this in the same fashion that I mentioned the reason why he's on the PUP list in the first place. But at some point, he's going to have to play, and that's... To me, just the bottom line. So, I mean, really, if this report is true, if this report is true, then unless he gets traded, you're just going to have to have a change of attitude. I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to say. Can you imagine though? People say, "Well, he he's going to be a bad locker room guy." all of this still hinges on his future of getting paid too. these are all things that you do not want to be described as what will get you paid in the future better than what you get right now is going out and certainly adding adding a lot more to already surprising equation of a Colts team I don't know what other plans you might have What other path you might be able to take other than going out there and playing? I mean, you think people are going to welcome in. Yeah, we really want this pain in the ass guy. Hurry up. If that's how this is described. So, no, as I sit here right now, I don't know how, how you just don't see him play here. And frankly, I would rather see him play here. And I don't see how you would see him playing here or half-assing it or not want to be here or being a detriment to the team or the locker room or any of this stuff. I mean, this is all stuff, this is all stuff that's going to go on the resume. So you tell me. You tell me what else is out there with him. And frankly, if this dude is going to play, I'd like to see what he can do for this team. And this team needs it. I've absolutely loved what Zach Moss has given so far. But you're three weeks in. This guy is going to be absolutely worn out. Heather writes, this is the way Zach Moss is playing right now, hurting Jonathan Taylor's case for holding out. I, I don't know if if he's thinking about it that way. I Listen, and, and you're right. The way that he is playing, it makes you forget for the moment, especially last Sunday about Jonathan Taylor, but this is a ground in which Zach Moss has never covered with all these attempts. And we're talking about still the first month of the season. So ideally you need somebody else. And it, maybe it's me just thinking about what Jonathan Taylor has accomplished in the past here. And maybe that is going to be a completely different element now considering his attitude, and where he is, I just don't see if that attitude prevails and that negativity prevails if his only move is to come back. I don't see how that is marketable to any effect whatsoever for him in the future. If you're thinking about your future, and you've kind of played this out right now as far as you can go I don't know how you come back and be a pain or be a, a locker room detriment, as many have mentioned. And Heather, to answer your question, I just think ultimately they're going to need somebody else. I'm Listen, watching Zach Moss play the past couple of weeks has been fun. But that's going to wear that dude out. It's a BT writes this. Every single report about Jonathan Taylor still wanting a trade is from less than solid accounts. I think that was from Graziano, who is on ESPN. So I'll give credit where credit is due right there. But man, if anybody else has any any other scenario, situation in which you think can play out, I, I don't see that. I don't see it at all. When it comes back, plays, you know, and then if somebody else wants to pay you and you want to get the hell out of the dodge, you do so. But if they don't trade you, and you're good to go, you either lose money or you play. So you give me what you believe to be the best option right there. Jeremiah writes this, I don't foresee Taylor playing for the Colts again, regardless of any fines he may get handed down from the organization. Yeah. Well, he's also got to do that to get his time in. And there's a lot of factors that go into this, and really none of which are beneficial in terms of him sitting Jeremiah. None. Damon checks in, JMV. I know that your opinion on quality losses is, but I do enjoy the closeness of the game so far. At least they have Matt Gay get over the hump so far. And remember Vinatieri's final season here. Yeah, it was a mess. His final season here was absolutely a mess. You know, they kept going back to him and going back to him and and counting on him, and he was missing and missing. All right, quick break, and we shall return. Matt Gay, Colts Place Kicker, the AFC Special Teams Player of the Week, a little bit earlier. If you missed it, the podcast, 1075thefan.com. Tony East regarding Buddy Healed. Also, Tony East regarding the East. Seriously, in the NBA now, in the addition of Damian Lillard. In that Bucks uniform alongside Giannis. Yeah, Jimmy Jimmy Butler calling for the NBA to investigate the possibility of Milwaukee tempering. Because Miami thought all along they were going to get Damian Lillard. Uh, interesting story right there. Tony East, if you missed it, that conversation whatsoever, that podcast is a 107.5thefan.com. Bullseye passes coming up, too, and information on how you can get Morgan Wallen tickets, because, again, this is not a public sale, one of those sign-up deals again, but I've got tickets for you, your chance to win. Log on 107.5thefan.com and sign up today. Kevin Bowen, top of the hour, 93.5, 107.5thefan.com.
0: the ride with jmv let me have a diablo sandwich of dr pepper and make it fast i'm gonna f- damn hurry 93.5 and 107.5 the fan
3: yeah tony east a little bit earlier matt gay the place kicker afc special team player of the week of the Colts, he joined us to the podcast, 107.5thefan.com. Kevin Bowen, top of the hour, the official sponsor of the lounge. I'm going to go back and forth right here with Haas, by the way. Haas, Haas spends way too much time caring about what Miles Turner wears. I, I'm, I'm se- seriously, and and Haas, you know I love you, and all of you too, I I have never cared what another dude has worn. I just never have. I do not care. Maybe that's just me. I'm a T-shirt and basketball short-wearing guy. I've just never really cared. Who Let me see a show of hands. Who all cares? Anybody care? Am I the only one that doesn't care? <laughs> I can't believe what he's wearing. <laughs> Who cares? I'm more concerned about your caring of what the other dude is wearing. I love you, Haas. You know that. Uh, The lounge via YouTube Live. And I know Haas is running out there right now to grab him a tub or two of Schuler's spreadable cheeses in a variety of flavors, including cheddar, sharp cheddar, bacon and cheddar, and pepper jack. It's the official spreadable cheese of the Lounge via YouTube Live and the Ride with JMV. Available at Meijer and Kroger, and you can get recipes and more. I'm just thinking about in my mind right now, the type of recipes inside the Lounge via YouTube Live everybody's going to get going with Winshuler's spreadable cheeses, the spreadable cheese of Indy. Hey, shout out to Rob last night who actually sent me a late tweet, or X if you will, And suggested that some stores in central Indiana need to restock on Schuler's spreadable cheese. And I would agree. Now, that's what happens when you get involved with the show. Like Schuler's has, then your stuff is going to be flying off the shelf. I'm just kind of doing my job here. But yes, Kroger, Meyer, everybody, let's go. And make sure you got plenty in stock. Because we have some cheese-hungry and occasionally carrying what other dudes are wearing dudes inside the lounge via YouTube Live, all right? Make sure everybody is accounted for here. Hey, JMV, I think whatever plan Taylor had has backfired, and now he's going to be in an awkward situation. I mean, what if he plays and gets stuffed on his first few carries? Will there be a lot of boos? I can imagine that there are going to be some boos before he even carries the football it's just how this thing works. Now, if he carries the football and runs for 10 yards, everybody's going to cheer. And then there'll be uh, sports arousals popping up all over the stadium and everybody will be happy. But I just I don't know to me what in the world you might end up doing as an alternative than just going out there and having to present your worth saying, "Here, see how much how much I'm worth right here." I don't know what the other alternative may be. So We'll find out coming up next week. Anthony Richardson, Ryan Kelly back at practice today. That is good news. We'll talk about that and more with Kevin Bowen. Coming up here at the top of the hour. And uh, Bullseye passes right now. Number 9 to 239-107. You can go to the Bullseye Event Center. All you can eat, all you can drink. Coming up on Sunday. Doors open at 10 a.m. The Colts VIP tailgate party presented by Hayes & Sons Restoration. Number 9 at 239-1070. You're going on me because we're friends. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.
4: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you
0: the ride with jmv i love jmv he looks like rascal flats guy got a cool soul patch he Wild does play.
3: and a buttery smooth
0: voice. oh yeah 93.5 and 107.5 the fan
3: hey crank it up right here this may have to be the new intro for kevin poland Tony East a little bit earlier, Matt Gay, the place kicker for the Colts, who was the AFC Special Teams Player of the Week. Leave this up for a second. (laughs) Leave it up for a second, too. Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline. Kevin Bowen from The Morning Show joins us. You guys need to make this into your new Morning Show song right here.
7: What do you think? This work for you, Kev? Yeah, can you can can you walk me through the context on it? It is called
3: Wham Bam Shang lang There's really no context there. I just think it sounds like you guys. <laughs>
7: <laughs> I will make sure that uh Wind of that, and yeah, yeah it just sounds like
3: to, uh, sounds like you guys. That. I, I just I, I like <laughs> picture the sun rising and you two, you know, meeting the sunrise and the dawning of a new day with your okay. listeners in the morning and and uh, from 1976 playing Silver and Wham Bam Shangalang. I think that sounds like you guys right there.
7: And then we can go with the rebrand that you always wanted, the morning wood, right?
3: The morning that wood. That always wanted. Yes.
7: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't want anything hard,
3: anything like that. I just, yeah. And I know Mark Mark thinks he's like DJ Junior over there, too. I mean, just let me handle this, right? Let me handle it. So.
7: Well, maybe you know, Mark could open up for you one Saturday night. Although today we had a field day with Mark. I don't know if you caught it, but you know, about a month ago, Mark decided that he would play a highlight of... What's the guy's name? Pete Crow, whatever, whatever the prospect's name is for the Cubs. He, he played a highlight of him catching a fly ball. Yeah, really? yeah the guy like with that? three
3: names. Those guys with three names are all yeah. clowns. Yeah, all clowns. Everyone with three okay. names.
7: Several times today to Mark, wouldn't you love to play a clip of a Cubs outfielder catching a fly ball today, obviously. That hey, did
3: not happen last night. Well, here we get in honor of Mark Diting in the morning on the morning show. Uh, DJ Junior Junior over there. Uh, Kev, let's go ahead and rock this for him. Hit it.
1: 3-2. In the air, out towards right center. Suzuki the call. No, no, oh! no. Oh, my goodness. And two-run score. Suzuki called off Bellinger. And just the miscommunication, or maybe he lost it in the lights. And, I'm
3: not sure. I'm thinking maybe some lights at the end. The trajectory of that fly ball, that's what we see in a lot of ballparks. Hey, Kev, that's the Cubs <laughs> television network. That's too bad. Yeah, lost it in the lights. He just missed it. He flat missed it. He oh, didn't yeah. lose anything in the lights.
7: Yeah. You gotta love the immediate. Oh, let's go to the excuse. And I said this to Mark. I go. It sounded like Rick Venturi when the Jalen Hurts parting of the seas happened last year against the Colts. The, oh no! <laughs> have Luke Chombi and the color guy in unison on that? Absolutely too good. Too, and you know what? It'll probably come back to bite me tonight. No, oh, yeah, me I guess too. Tonight, yeah. I guess. yeah. But boy, for one night that.
3: It surely felt good. I uh, It will definitely come back to bite me whenever I talk about the Reds. In any good capacity, they end up gagging something away immediately. But I also have this to play. I, I've noticed this, Kev. If I don't watch the Reds, they always do better. If I watch them, they're a mess. If I don't watch them, then they have a, a pretty good opportunity.
7: Well. 610 tonight we need you doing something else does blake have a cross-country meet uh, oh
3: no, man i don't know maybe there's some soft core on someplace i can
7: tune into <laughs> yeah yeah well john's tuning in to tyree kill and his post uh post-playing days
0: here. you know
3: you know as a uh, a post-athlete career that's not a bad career choice is it
7: <laughs> no, no. Certainly, I, I can think of a lot worse career choices to be paid for than that. Yeah, I, I would say. I don't know. Maybe injury wise, you could still have a few injuries with that. But yeah, yeah. I I can think of a uh, yeah. I, I, I can think of a lot a lot worse things to be paid for than that.
3: He could still like be nicknamed the cheetah, and that too.
7: Right. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Sure, sure. Sure.
3: Yeah. But uh, in case you didn't know this, Tyree Kill said after football he wants to be a porn star.
7: the mike evans reaction he may want to to be that i I I bet he wants
3: to be that during football too to be honest with you but yeah i
7: don't know if you heard the clip but mike evans reaction to it is priceless he's just stunned silence for about five seconds he has no idea what to say to it
3: It's Kevin Bowen, The Morning Show. It is the uh, morning wake-up call. He and Andy Sweeney get to going at uh, 7 a.m. every weekday morning here on The Fan and catch with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. So a lot of good news out there today, I guess, right? I mean, you get Matt Gay, who was all with me, Special Teams Player of the Week, which was an absolute given, slam dunk, and then you get back at practice in full participation, both Ryan Kelly and Anthony Richardson. So that's good news.
7: Yeah, great, great looking injury report. Obviously, Richardson and Kelly being the biggest news, and you know the return of Richardson speaks for itself. That storyline is pretty obvious. I think the return of Kelly in a week, you facing Aaron Donald, um, obviously matters too. So I don't, don't want to lose sight of that. And plus, you got to remember, John. You know, think back to Kelly's you know earlier concussion in his NFL career. I mean, he missed over a month. So I think anytime you have guys like that that have had a long history with it. You're always curious, okay, what happens when they when they get that next one? So, good news there. Um, yeah, Buckner and Nelson, probably just veteran rest days on a Wednesday. I think they're just kind of managing things with Nelson. So,
3: I thought Zach yeah, Moss pretty- would get that today. Did you?
7: Yeah, I was surprised. Yeah, I asked me too. Shane Sykin earlier today, I go, you know, how do you feel coming out of Monday? I mean, 30 carries is no joke, especially for a guy that's not really used to that workload. Um, but, yeah, he didn't even pop up on the injury report at all. So, uh, I would say good news on uh, on that front as
3: well. How do you view this team right now? Because I, I said this yesterday, Kev. I said, listen, Colts fans, it's been so few and far between in recent history. Go ahead and, and soak it up a little bit here. I mean, soak it up. Get excited. Because really, I talked about this in terms of the Pacers of a year ago. And they gave everybody in December, a reason to get excited about their product. Now, you know, ultimately, they didn't make the postseason. I don't think anybody's selecting the Colts to go to the postseason right now. But you look at their schedule, and it's conducive to doing some work here. And certainly, this team looks better than what we thought it was going to look like moving forward. Where are you with this squad? Are you okay with Colts fans maybe going a little bit overboard with the love right now?
7: Yeah, I mean, when you compare it or you kind of throw this out there, Two and one sitting atop the AFC South, sole possession. The last time they've been sole possession of the AFC South, you gotta go back sixty weeks. Sixty weeks in the football season. You gotta go back to the middle of twenty nineteen for the last time this franchise has been in sole possession of this division, you obviously would call pretty pretty lowly. So I I think if you put in those terms, obviously it's twenty two. Be happy about it. And then I'd say the other thing, John, that stands out to me too is, you know, think back to week three last year. They beat Kansas City in a game, that obviously you beat the Chiefs, you beat Mahomes. It's going to be celebrated as it should be. But I think that was a game where you just got a lot of gifts in that game. And I, I don't I think Baltimore certainly had winning chances on Sunday. Yeah. But I don't exit Baltimore thinking the same way I thought about Kansas City. Plus, Look at the other eight quarters from last season to this season. The eight quarters from last year, week one and week two, you were fortunate to tie week one. You were down, what, three scores in that game. Week two, you get shut out in Jacksonville. Obviously, week one this year, I think you had a great chance to have beaten Jacksonville. Oh, you had a fourth-quarter lead in that game. And then week two, I thought that was a pretty impressive effort against the Texans to win a road divisional game, multiple scores, all of that. That's something this franchise hasn't done, you know, in a long time either. So I think when you factor some of that stuff in, of uh, the, the, the full kind of 12-quarter sample size, even, you know, when you compare Baltimore and, and Kansas City, the road game versus the home game, those sorts of things, I think there's plenty of reason for Colts fans to, you know, be happy about their football team right now, be happy about their head coach, some of these young guys. You know, 2-1 and one at the end of September is not something we've said – about this franchise in a while. I think it's only like the third time in the last 10 or 11 years. So I think when you add all that up, certainly a reason
3: to be happy. Yeah, and and again, the Rams, because we got to watch them and kind of size them up on Monday night, and and I'm I'm assuming most everybody out there believes them to be as beatable as they were in Cincinnati on Monday night, and a team that, you know, compared to even the team that Matt Gay was on that won the Super Bowl, it is certainly a skeleton of its former self, and you got that game Sunday, the Titans back at home, on the road at Jacksonville, and then Cleveland and the Saints back-to-back toward the end of October, I mean, it does give you, I think, reason to look ahead and just kind of wonder if they can continue to do some things and and really in, in winning moment things, Kev. Like, we didn't see them do that in the fourth quarter. They gave up 14 points. Offense didn't do anything in the fourth quarter in that opener against Jacksonville. But recently they've been doing things late in games to put away teams that we haven't seen a lot of in recent history.
7: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, fourth quarter issues were, you know, wildly abundant last year. We even saw that in that Jacksonville game. And I guess if you want to point to the Houston game, you, you can even point to that. So, I mean, they certainly made less mistakes than Baltimore. Um, and, and I thought Shane Steichen really outmanaged John Harbaugh in that game. And John Harbaugh, that's kind of what he's known for. Um, whether it was clock management situations, whether it was, you know, little coaching moves, field position, things like that. I thought, you know, Shane Steichen certainly had the upper hand there and you know, a big reason why at the start of the year, the schedule. You know, I just don't think the schedule is very daunting at all. And you just beat, I'd say, arguably your best quarterback you'll face all year. We'll see what Joe Burrow looks like in December. But, I mean, you look at the, the, the quarterback you have upcoming. Matthew Stafford would rank pretty high on the list. But, I mean, he just got drilled on Monday night by Cincinnati. And we're talking ten hits, six sacks. It looks like, I haven't seen the Rams injury report just yet for this week, but it looks like the Colts are going to face a backup left tackle for the fourth straight game, which is just a crazy situation. The Colts have faced so many backup offensive linemen this year, and outside of Ryan Kelly, they've obviously been really, really healthy. So um, I, I, I fully expect them to win on Sunday. I know it might be a little bit early in the week for, for that, but I look at that line as a one-point favorite and think um, think the Colts should be favored by more just because, I see a Rams team that obviously they've got, you know, I think Stafford, whatever, he's a Hall of Fame caliber player. Obviously Donald's the first ballot guy. As long as you don't let those two beat you, and they really haven't been great this year. Donald hasn't been, and by great, I mean their usual self. Donald, from a disruption standpoint, has been good, but his sack numbers are not like crazy, crazy eye-popping. And Stafford, with little help around him, I think has struggled. So, yeah, I think it's a terrific opportunity to uh, continue it. And then, as you said, four or five at home and – The one road game in that stretch is Jacksonville, which they'll be coming off of two games in London. So you you would think that almost plays to your advantage as well.
3: Yeah, and uh, from what we've seen from them so far, really not so much. One of these days it may be – who knows – But it may start to become reminiscent of 2012, in which we'll talk about in a second. Kevin Bowen joins us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Maybe this is more of a question for Rick Venturi. Maybe it's a question you and I should both ask Rick. But Bernard Ryman, he's not getting a lot of conversation, which can be really good because that means you're doing your job. Um, Should we be talking about him a little bit more considering this is his second year and there just hasn't been a lot of conversation regarding him and and what he is doing. And it seems like what he is doing is pretty good through the first three weeks of the season.
7: Yeah, I think it's a great point to bring up. Um, Yeah, I think he's been really, really good. And obviously it's been quiet over there. Maybe you haven't faced, you know, the dynamite edge rushers just, just yet, but still um he's really i think kind of established himself on that left side and you know obviously one of the few very few individual bright spots late last season of you knew you had to commit to him playing i mean he played two years of tackle in college it's not just like he was you know new to football you know what what 13 or 14 years old i'm trying to think when he started playing american football over in austria he was a tight end initially at Central Michigan and then, you know, transitioned to a tackle and, you know, had to put on weight in the offseason. He's put on a little bit of weight. I think if you see him and just compare to, like, what you what you would remember about him as a rookie, he definitely looks different to me physically. And that's such a big storyline. Him and Pay. I mean, I, I know that, you know, we're not going to hit on that to the magnitude that you hit on the Richardson storyline or the Taylor storyline or the Leonard stuff. But if Ryman and or pay if they hit, now all of a sudden you've, you know theoretically crossed off a major position on your football team that you've been searching for answers for for quite some time. And I would say the early signs for, for, for both of them, to be honest with you, are pretty positive. Um, and I would say Ryman especially, which is just so critical to, you know, finding potentially a third-round pick that, you know, could be blocking the line side like, you know, Tar and Glenn did for – Peyton Manning for all those years, and obviously Anthony Costanzo did for Andrew Luck as well.
3: Who would you view right now, again, knowing what you know, and Kev, it can drastically change, certainly with one situation over the other, but who do you think Moving forward the rest of the year, coming off of injury, and we certainly look forward to to having both back and we'll see how one does over the other here. But who do you think is gonna be more important in the grand scheme of things while offensively moving forward upon their return? Jalati Woods or Jonathan Taylor?
7: Um I, I... I still think it's Taylor. I I, I mean, I, I certainly understand where the question's coming from. And obviously, Zach Moss has had a really nice couple of games. I think a running back sustaining that for, you know, 15 more or 14 more, that's a lot to ask for. I mean, there are a few Zach Moss runs on Sunday that I thought to myself, boy, if that's Taylor in the open field, that that goes for another 10, 15, maybe even more than that. Um And and also I think about just what that trio could look like of him, Richardson and Moss of you really need your run game. I just don't think, even with Richardson, I just don't think you're going to be an incredibly explosive passing offense. So being reliant on that run game and having, okay, here's Taylor for the first two series. And then boom, all of a sudden Moss comes into the game when you've kind of worn them down and his power. Uh, is 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 fresh. I think that would be huge. You know, tied in, obviously, you are searching for some consistency. I'm still not ready to say, like, Woods is 1,000% that guy just yet. Certainly, you want to see him. Uh, but it has been a group that, you know, Kylan Granson for a game and then Will Mallory for a game and then Drew Ogletree for a game. And well, Alley Cox has really been a disappearing act from a reception standpoint this season. But
3: He follows us, though. That's him. sweet. He is following us. <laughs> yeah.
7: Yes, he is. I know. I, I did not hear him, though after the Jacksonville game, when we all picked
3: the Jags. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, and, and it's okay. I, I think it's great that he did retweet that. Um, maybe somebody that actually had done something in the game could have done it too, but yes, <laughs> he, he did. And that's, that's cool. I, I, I shouldn't be throwing shade at Mo Cox because we should embrace that. That was pretty cool.
7: Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I would say to Mo, you know, certainly that we probably deserve it after that. So, um, yeah, it, it I did laugh a little bit, considering who the player was. But Mo is a good dude, and and yeah, he is. When you have yeah. something like that, uh, you're going to get uh, wh- whatever called out for it.
3: Yeah, I, I just, I, I guess I made that comparison too, and I, I believe with what you're saying, we're going in Jonathan Taylor. But I think most are more skeptical about what is going to happen once he gets off a of pup, and then the obvious because you got zero from that tight end position on Sunday is that Jelani Woods upon return, you know, needs to turn in to something here. I mean, we we see slowly but surely a lot of these other guys. I brought up Ryman, you know, you brought up Quiddy Pay. Uh, You guys had Juju Brintz on Monday. He got that first action on Sunday and really backed up the selection and backed up why the Colts have that inspired confidence in him. And, And now it's time for Jelani Woods because there is a lot. We've talked about how that tight end room has a lot of bodies in there, but it was unproductive bodies on Sunday. He needs to be a difference maker from that group.
7: Yeah, and I don't want to sound like I'm piling on Mo because I was probably more of a fan for him making the roster than most at the end of the preseason. But you do get a point if and when Jelani Woods gives you something and you start thinking about the numbers of tight in. I mean, they've had a tight end as a healthy scratch each week this season, even with Jelani being out. So when Jelani returns, theoretically – that would mean two tight ends are healthy scratches. You know, you, you start to think about Mo, and, and you know maybe from a blocking standpoint, he's given you a little bit more there. But you know, I look at Ogletree and I look at Mallory, and, and, and you know, Grantham's a different type of tight end, and what Woods showed you last year, and think maybe there's a little bit more with those guys in the receiving um, in the receiving department than you've gotten from Mo. So I do think that's a question that I don't know is maybe super pertinent right now because obviously Woods is on injured reserve for at least one more week and then he's eligible to return next week but I do think that's a relevant question cuz you do have some you know third, fourth, fifth round picks in there and those are certainly guys that you know when you talk about the tight end position in the NFL I mean those picks can hit Mark Andrews third round pick George Kittle fifth round pick so you know making sure that you've what you've spent in those areas those guys can become you know bona fide tight ends so Um, I am very curious to see kind of how all that is going to shake out. So Kevin
3: Bowen, the morning show is the morning wake-up call with KB and Andy. That's Andy Sweeney with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. So you're pretty secure in the fact that Anthony Richardson is going to get the call, as starter coming up on Sunday. And then what have you gathered through three weeks regarding Shane Steich and his, his leadership, his guidance, and his coaching ability? Seems like he's acclimating very quickly to this group.
7: Yeah, I, I would say they just love the direct little bit more Nick Sirianni than Frank Wright fire out of them as well. Obviously, they feel like he's a very smart football coach. That's pretty ob- pretty obvious. But, um, you know, I think Frank Wright, you know, pretty smart. But I, I think those guys at that age, I think some of the guys would admit this to you. They probably gravitate a little bit more towards the fiery personality. And you know, I think Shane has more of that than maybe he gives off, certainly in front of the podium. And you can see that, whether it's a postgame locker room or – um, you know, mic'd up sessions, things like that. So I think in-game, John, it stood out to me. I mean, I, I said it earlier, I thought he out-managed John Harbaugh. And that, to me, is like a big deal when, you know, you're calling the plays offensively and, you know, it's a 16-minute game and there's so many things that are happening over the course of a game. And, you know, whether it's a fair catch here, or a timeout here, or a decision to go forward on fourth down, I mean, those are so, so critical. And I think oftentimes when you are calling the plays and, Nick Sirianni is probably one that why he passed it off to Shane Steichen about midway through that 2021 season, it can be just overwhelming. And and I don't feel like it's looked like that. If anything, he's been in full control and he's playing chess while others are playing checkers. So I think Colts fans should be very encouraged. End game management, um, clearly how players have reacted to him, and then obviously what he's done with the uh, quarterback as well.
3: Hey, can we change up that cliche of chess versus checkers? You want to do that? Let's do that. Make a formal announcement right now to change that. How about we change it to he's playing Monopoly while he's playing Sorry. Is that fair? Because isn't I mean, is. is yeah. is yeah, Sorry, yeah. and again, I'm talking about board games, which I don't know, your generation play board games. Mine did. Oh, yeah.
7: Yeah,
3: yeah oh, so yeah. you remember Definitely. Sorry? Yeah. Sorry was a – How about,
7: a... about Candyland? Can we get Candyland? Yeah, well?
3: he's playing Sorry while he's playing – See, I think Sorry and Candyland are pretty close. Are they not? How about he's playing Mousetrap and he's playing Candyland.
7: Yeah, I would agree that Monopoly makes sense there. So, like, yeah, we, yeah, did you ever play Mousetrap? Uh, I, I you uh,
3: did you ever play Mousetrap?
7: I did not. No.
3: Oh, Mousetrap is great. Just great. You familiar with that? Yeah, it's one of those things where, the, yeah, how do I explain it? Um, somebody could probably better explain it than I. Uh, you know, you roll some dice and you kind of set this thing up to where a mouse gets caught at the end of all this stuff going on. You got balls rolling and uh, okay, things coming yeah. down and and uh, yeah, wheel spinning things like it. that. Can explain it. Yeah.
7: Yeah. Okay. I will take chess and checkers out of my brain and 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 go with uh, mouse trap versus sorry.
3: I like stay alive with the marbles on the board and you slide, you know, you slide them in and out and whoever had the most marbles on the board still after you slide all those things is the winner. Stay alive. Trouble. Well, now ra- it
7: sounds like a, it sounds yeah. like a Tyreek Hill game now.
3: <laughs> yeah, bu- Trouble was the, uh, had the bubble in the middle of the board and you, that's how you uh, roll the die inside the bubble. That was trouble. That recognizable to you?
7: Yeah. Yeah. Yes
3: sure 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 the game of life you have no idea what I'm talking about though do you I get it <laughs>
7: I, I, i'm trying to think of one of the uh board games that that we what what i mean life andy land yeah I love life There's one other game there was one other game that we played at cons I'm trying to think of what it was I always,
3: i always sorry. piled the uh the the pink pegs in my car meaning I had all the chicks in my ride in life. <laughs> Remember that? Because the blue pegs were the dudes, and the 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 pink pegs were the chicks, and I piled sure. the chicks in my ride. Yeah,
7: right. And that was that was a dream, <laughs> dream scenario for you, right?
3: Yeah, that's what it, that's Nick Martin just brought this up. Uh, Mouse trap is the Rube Goldberg machine. Have you ever seen that Rube Goldberg? You ever heard of that? No, no, no. you haven't. That's something they do at Purdue. It's um, I don't know what the exact definition of it is. Uh, I should never bring it up without really knowing what it is. Um, But uh, anyway, that's that's what that comes down to right there. Mousetrap, you can check it out. It's a a hell of a time. Hey, before I let you go, and I know i got to run really quick, I didn't want to get deeply involved in Jonathan Taylor, but somebody had brought this up to me regarding Dan Graziano of ESPN and his reference of Taylor still wanting to be traded and not wanting to play for the Colts. Are you with me? I just I don't see any other way. If they don't trade him, that he is not going to play here.
7: Yeah, I don't think he has a choice, right? No, <laughs> I mean, it, none. Doesn't he zero? Because he's got to get what six games to get that yes, secured fourth season right. and whatever hit free agency or whatever his goal is. So, yeah, I mean, I would unless he wants to take. A stance that, frankly, I don't know if we've ever seen. I'm, I'm trying to think when Le'Veon Bell held out, had he already completed his rookie contract. I kind of forget when exactly all of that happened, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, he's got to at least be on the field for six games. So uh, it, it sounds good, but we're finally, finally, finally starting to get to the point where uh, deadlines are going to lead to, to something here. So, yeah, I mean, he can be frustrated and cannot change his stance and all that, but I mean, unless he's moved by October 31st, uh, he's going to have to be out there for uh, for six games. And, the, and that clock and that 21-day window will start next week for him.
3: Don't you want to see him playing here? I do.
7: Yeah, I, I mean, it goes back to the earlier point, John. I want to see him next to Richardson. I want to see him with Zach Moss, a little change of pace. I want to see, you know, I don't think the offense – I think the offense line late last season. Um, it did run block a little bit better, but I think they have done that as well. So – yeah, I, I think when the draft pick happened, you thought even right away, Richardson and Taylor would give you, you know, a, a pretty elite, you know, quarterback running back duo. So, yeah, I, I would say that you certainly want to want to
1: see that.
3: So, what Kevin is suggesting right here that the Colts are playing Monopoly while Jonathan Taylor and his reps, they're playing Candyland, right?
7: <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, exactly that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> judging by, uh, Judging by Taylor's agent and his actions, I think I'd love to play a board game with him because that dude doesn't strike me as the brightest bulb.
3: Morning show uh, with you and Andy Sweeney. What's going on tomorrow morning?
7: We have got – who do we have tomorrow? I think we're get, uh, back into our Thursdays with Scott Agnes, Pacers media day coming up. Uh, what is that, Monday, I want to say? Yep. For that, training camp starts Tuesday. So, yeah, we'll get back into kind of more of our normal Pacers conversations and then uh, Joel Erickson as well to get his thoughts on – what was, you know, a bit of a, uh, a newsy Wednesday for the Colts, but like you let off with, John, I'd say a pretty yep. positive Wednesday when you think about the news items.
3: Tell Maddie hello and the rest of the family, Max and Rosie. Tell Max to keep on picking.
7: Will do, will do. Yep, it's time to pick some helmets here for week four. He, uh, he was I, right with the Colts last week.
3: I did that with Blake back in uh, 06 or 07, I think, but he, he kept, like, crawling past the helmets.
7: <laughs> well,
3: <laughs> so where are you going, dude? <laughs>
7: <laughs> we have the people that have that have observed Maxwell right hand dominance, so now they want the Colt helmet on the right uh, side.
3: Yeah, and, makes sense. Yeah.
7: Yeah. Uh huh. And I'm like, guys, he's 12 months old. I mean, he just yeah, he, he, he's crawling to a helmet. But <laughs> nonetheless, uh, so far he's uh, he's doing one of his picks, and I'm doing one. And Mo Cox would be a fan of his pick, I guess.
3: Tell your father-in-law I said hello too. <laughs> All right. We'll do, John. Take it easy, brother. See ya. It's uh, Kevin Bowen, the morning show, the morning wake-up call with KB and Andy. Begins at 7 a.m. here on The Fan. Quick break and welcome back. Busy show today. Your chance to win something before we're out of here. I'll reestablish how you can win Morgan Wallen tickets as well. That's coming up for his initial show on his tour. is going to be at Lucas Oil Stadium in April. Tell you how you can do that and more coming up on the other side. 93.5107. The Fan.
0: The Ride with JMV.
4: Have
6: you ever killed anyone?
0: Yeah, but they were all bad. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
3: Tony East, Matt Gay, Kevin Bowen. Podcast 107.5, thefan.com. Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live of this show brought to you by Winshuler's Spreadable Cheeses. Schuler's the spreadable cheese, the enjoyment for your parties, gatherings, get-togethers, and tailgate functions for... Indianapolis in the state of Indiana. And, of course, an official sponsor of this show, Original Cheddar Sharp Cheddar, Bacon and Cheddar. Not to mention, the fan favorite out there seems to be Pepper Jack. You can get it at Meyer and Kroger. Winshuler's Spreadable Cheeses. Winshuler's.com to get some great recipes. That's some, um, right? And actually, I actually sent that out on a tweet a little bit earlier today. Hey, try this from Brian. He's playing Galaga and everybody else is playing Space Invaders or Pong. Good idea. JMV, it's Rube, you hayseed. I did say Rube. I just didn't know how to accurately describe it. Rube Goldberg regarding Mousetrap. I just I didn't have a good definition off the top of my head. It's from Ryan. By the time you spent 45 minutes setting up Mousetrap, no one wanted to play any longer. Very true. JMV when will the light bulb come on for Alec Pierce well I think this is going to be the determining factor let's put two and two together on this one would be Zach Moss let's just say as early as Sunday and considering Anthony Richardson is back under center Zach Moss is back there they're able to have a running game as they've had the past two weeks. Then shots down the field with touch where Alec Pierce, you gain confidence by doing something that you're supposed to be able to do and one of the real reasons why you're brought here to go up and get it. And I know you watch it last week. He had the opportunity late. He goes up. Now the Ravens player defensively made a play on the ball. But at some point, you're going to have to open things up a little bit more because with Anthony Richardson, that is his signature. Touch on the football down the field. Hasn't been so much his his accuracy, but his touch on the football. And Alec Pierce, at some point with a running game, should be a real recipient of that opportunity. And that, I think, Kevin, is when we're going to know. At least that's when I expect to know. That makes sense to you. Two three nine ten seventy. Mark is up first today. Mark, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, how you doing, man?
3: Is this Mark from
1: the Big Green Egg? That is me. Yes, I love my me. Big Green Egg. Yeah, yeah, I know you do. Hey, Smoking meats. Uh, great talking to you. The show has never been better. Uh, I did want to tell you something about this bullseye event group um, contest, right? So let's go back to week one when uh, the Colts played Jacksonville, right? That was on September 10th. Right. So I'm I'm sitting on my back deck on the Thursday, September 8th, and you say, hey, ninth caller wins, you know, bullseye event group. Sure. Uh, Awesome. You know, three hours before the game. So I call, I call, I call. James answers the phone win so it's you know obviously not rigged right i can't believe i won but i couldn't go because i had to work the do it best show you know pat Sullivan's do it best you know i had to work in the convention center you know sunday game day first game so i give the passes obviously to my wife laura and her friend claire went and they were just absolutely floored they had a chicken wing bar yep they had a slider bar and they had a rotisserie uh, filet mignon bar. I mean, the food was fantastic. So, just telling you the whole story. The wife, uh, they Ubered from Brownsburg down to Lucas Oil. They Ubered back. My wife comes in the door. She goes, that was the greatest game experience I've ever had. They went to the game. She went to sleep at 7 o'clock p.m., And didn't wake up until 7 a.m., 12 hours of sleep. Beautiful. That that being said, (laughs) I thought she was going to come home and be like, hey, that was great. And we were going to have, you know, little festivities and have some fun. But she slept for twelve hours, so obviously she had the greatest time of her life. And we're going this we're going this Sunday. We're going. We're 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 doing the bullseye well, thing. and, and, and,
3: and, and Mark, I, I love you. My 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 part my part to maintain the entertainment level was satisfied. The, the other part, you is that's you. That's you. <laughs>
1: well. Hey, you keep the wife happy, right? you know life is good right no, well,
3: I would uh yeah, we may have to do a little bit of research on that around here, mark, so who knows but no, I'm glad that she enjoyed it, and we'll get you guys back,
1: oh, it was so great, and yep. you know I was just you know I called today, you know i'm always I'm always willing to uh you know try to win a contest or two, but I tell you what that bullseye event group. They're doing it right there. And, yeah, they do. Uh, Name, nameless
3: Catering, by the way, brings the food. Now, Nameless Catering is outstanding. So they're the food supplier there, and it's it's a great time. Mark, let me know. We'll get you back in there.
1: Okay, but hey, uh, 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 John, i got to tell you this. i got to tell you this. I had a vision the other night. The Colts, I think, are going to sneak in on a wild card this year, and I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. You heard it here first.
3: Man, Mark, thank you from Big Green Egg. Run out, Colts fans, and buy you a Big Green Egg at Sullivan Hardware and Garden. A vision. Wild card entry. Super Bowl. What's a hell of a vision right there? I'm going to think what kind of vision I had. I think I was getting told off by somebody. I had a vision. Actually, it's a dream. dream's not the same as a vision. A dream last night somebody was telling me off. I don't even know what I did hey (laughs) so i played hoop last night and (laughs) i just man i start out feeling good and then about halfway through i don't know what the problem is i hit the wall there's like a wall of suck i run right through oh hey great now they make me walk i don't know who does this at center grove i gotta like walk a mile to get to the west gym can somebody down at cg figure that out because that sucks I know what you're saying. Where are you going to go run anyway? No, I don't want to have to walk three miles to get to a spot where I can just walk through a door. Can we figure that out? Who's down at Center Grove can help me? Anybody at CG? I don't want to walk. Where's Eric Moore? Eric, don't have them make me walk on Tuesday nights. Three miles. Come on. I had a good time. I walked through the wall of suck. Clay's up next. Clay, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going, Jamie? Yeah, sometimes better than others. Last night, not so good. <laughs> they got you walking too far, man. <laughs> right, I go, man, I'm going to have to go out here and run a little bit now. I don't want to have to walk three miles to go play basketball, especially when I can just walk through a door. I can park right next to it. What the hell? There should be there should be a shuttle for old man basketball. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. None <laughs> whatsoever. Come on, Center Grove. Get me a shuttle. All right, go ahead. <laughs>
2: Yeah, i i want to I want to take back. I, you know, I bashed on the GM for the Colts uh, for the last couple of years. I thought he screwed up the the quarterback thing. Obviously, everybody thinks that we could have had. You know, we could have had Jalen Hurts. I was mad about that, but this this kid's going to be phenomenal if they can teach him to protect himself. But but the but the even bigger pickup was picking up Minshew. It was brilliant i mean he knows the coach he knows his system he's been with him and and he's a seasoned veteran i mean it it was a it was a brilliant pickup and i think when we get johnny woods back maybe we'll have some tight end play that we can be proud of um and if we get taylor i mean if he plays and he and he's completely healthy i think they could be good i think they could I think they could even win the division. I, I can understand uh, why
3: you look at that schedule and that gives you pause to think that that maybe there is something more there than just a, a couple of back to back wins. So I I, I do. Yeah. You can look at the schedule and you know how they've handled things in the last two in the latter stages of games. You know what I mean. And, and, yeah. and that was such an issue last year. Because remember, they were close in a lot of games last year and had maybe four or five of those games legitimately could have been different. When Jeff Saturday was the I head coach, I'm, they would have won games. Saturday would still be the head coach. I mean, that's the margin of error. But they've taken care of that in two out of the three games.
2: But, but the, coach, the coach we have now is heads and shoulders above any coach we've had since – I don't know. It, it does. I it mean, does
3: seem like it so far. I think everybody likes hey, Clay. I got to hit a break here. Thank you for the call. Call anytime. I think people are viewing Shane Steichen, at least in the early stages, as being a 180 from Frank Reich. You don't. You're not considering Saturday in this, but that of Frank Reich. Whereas, you know, he and, and whether or not you believe that there is more of an accountability there, I, I do think that there is, and we have certainly seen that with Frank Reich. With Frank Reich, I I can't help but think they probably go for it instead of rolling Matt Gay out there. And maybe they would have if, you know, you brought him in for that amount of money, but you think that they probably would have gone for it instead of having him kick field goals four from fifty in the in the fashion, at least three of the four. From 50 in the fashion in which he did. And then you wonder if Deion Jackson is still a part of this team. You wonder if Daryl Baker Jr. is still a starter, and you don't see that early, some of the early returns on Juju Brent's. Those are the things that make you wonder. Hey, Jamie, the problem with Pierce is that just going up and getting it is not going to cut it for a second wide receiver on the depth chart. And, and Sean, I, I realize that, but. The question was asked, when will the light bulb come on? Meaning, how can he get going? How can he get some confidence? And that's how he does it. It is a pass play to his signature, his forte. And then you play off of that. See, that was the question. The question was, how does he get going? The deep ball with touch from Richardson and the opportunity that is going to be presented if you're capable of running the football, that to me is what could get him going. And I know you have to evolve on all levels as a pass catcher to be a number two on the depth chart and wide receiver. But that is what I'm looking for to get him going. Alexander says, Cynagrove, we got to get you back to Southport Field. Now, here's the problem with Southport, Alexander. Uh, shout out to Brendan Dudas, the baseball coach, who is the absolute best. We can't get enough dudes to play that early on Sunday. They they get too drunk on Saturday night. They're all hungover, and they're not like me. When I was in my 20s like they are right now, I played great hungover. Now, these guys have to sleep until like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I slept on somebody's floor in Bloomington, got up, went down to Eastern, played a little 6 a.m. basketball. These guys got to start getting up a little bit earlier. But you're right, I love playing at Southport Fieldhouse. Stroke's really good in there. All right, quick break. Come back. Harris-Husher Park, race of the day. Bullseye passes
0: and more to close next. The Ride with JMV. Now you listen here. He's not the massage. He's a very naughty boy. Now go away. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
3: Right, welcome back to your Harris Hoosier Park Race of the Day. Dale was the winner. Dale Thomas takes it home 50 50 betting and dining from Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino in Anderson. Now the winning horse was Grand Circuit, paid out five sixty on a two dollar bet. The two dollar exacta was one sixty three sixty. With the fifty cent trifecta going off at one thirty eight ten. Your Harris Hoosier Park race of the day again tomorrow, actually Tuesday through Friday uh, during the racing season right here, and you can get the racing going on. Until December, actually through the first week of December. That's Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino in Anderson in the winter, every single day, right here. 50 in betting and 50 in dining from Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino up in Anderson. Thank you guys very much for that. Again, the big news today, outside of what we normally talk about with your local interest, is Damian Lillard being shipped to the Bucks. So, Damian Lillard with Giannis and the Bucks right now, and a couple of the Heat are crying tampering, one being Jimmy Butler, and I guess the other to a degree is Tyler Hero. And that's helping to reshape other teams. Certainly in this case out west with Phoenix and the Blazers. DeAndre Ayton going from Phoenix to Portland. The Nurkic going from Portland to Phoenix. Uh, But that big one is uh, Damian Lillard. And uh, Drew Holiday is going to end up someplace. He right now is in Portland. Doesn't seem like with the youth in the backcourt they have with the Blazers that they're going to want to go with the veterans. So, you know, maybe he ends up in Miami. I've heard Philly may have some interest. We'll find out. All right, bullseyeeventgroup.com, the Colts VIP tailgate, presented by Hayes & Sons Restoration. Number 9 at 239-1070 is going to go. All-you-can-eat, all-you-can-drink. Doors open at 10 a.m. coming up on Sunday morning. All right, tomorrow, City Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul tequila shots, Ale Emporium in Castleton. I would love to see you all out there. Me and Brent Holverson, our betting analyst, and you beginning at 3. Ale Emporium in Castleton tomorrow. Tony East, Kevin Bowen, and Colts place kicker, the AFC Special Teams Player of the Week. Mad Gay. Podcast 107 5thefan.com inside the Winshuler's Spreadable Cheeses Lounge. You guys have been outstanding today. Great job from you, James, as well. 1075thefan.com to sign up for Morgan Wallen tickets as well. I'll give you more of an insight on that coming up tomorrow at 3 at AL Emporium. Have a great night.